Indeed, wisdom is our topic, our theme today. You produce the kind of wisdom that you grow. I actually, when I think about wisdom, I do think of my mother. And I recognize for some of us that wouldn't necessarily be a good memory and recognize all different kinds of experiences. But for me, it does. I talked to my mother this morning while I was driving downtown here to downtown Chicago to be here and broadcast live at Moody Church. And my mother is one of the wisest people I know. She raised us in times as a single mother, at times on some public assistance. She went to college at night. I remember driving with her when she couldn't get a babysitter sometimes. And we drive to the State University of New York and Stony Brook on Long Island. And I remember sitting in an algebra class as a little kid and thinking how proud I was of my mother that she would go back to school at this time. I, I think about right now, she's living in a community of older folks and she's organizing the food runs and making sure everyone's properly following all protocols. So happy Mother's Day to mom. And I bet a lot of us see our mothers as wise. And part of that reason is, is that our mothers predate us generally and they are older and sometimes wisdom comes uh, from and with age, not always, but often is the case. And most people are hungry to know how to be wise, how to be better, how to make better choices. Matter of fact, the self-help industry is actually about a $12 billion a year industry. To compare that, the NFL, which is something called sports that we used to do about 13 years ago in coronavirus time, uh, the NFL total budget was $8.1 billion in 2018. So don't miss that self-help is even bigger than the NFL. So here we're working our way through the book of James. And last week you heard a very helpful message about our words, the tongue, what we say, some of the challenges about taming or not being able to tame the tongue. And today we're going to look at this. We're going to look at wisdom. You produce the kind that you grow. And we're going to look at James chapter 3, beginning at verse 13 and following. We'll walk through this. It's a little shorter. Remember, most of the passage here of James chapter 3 it's actually about what you say. So we can make the assumption it's tied into that as well. Wisdom will be expressed not just in words, but certainly in words. It says, who is wise and understanding among you? By good conduct, by his good conduct, let him show his works in meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So the passage in our message today is wisdom, you produce the kind you grow. Our passage today is going to help us to think about more deeply, rightly, and readily what James focuses on here. He's focused on the importance of good works flowing out of a heart of faith. Now, if you're coming into this middle of the series, we're super glad that you're here and you're listening, but let me encourage you to go through the totality of this series so you can understand where works fit in the work of God in our lives, right? Works flow out of our new life in Christ. They don't make us Christians. They flow out of us as Christians. So here, James is continuing his focus on works. In this case, the works of growing in wisdom. He uses categories like a friend of God and friend of the world to make the point throughout these passages. And so what we're seeing here is how wisdom grows 
in us. You know, have you ever considered the way we use certain words that are spelled the same, but the way we pronounce them sort of changes their meaning? Let me give you an example, right? Uh, we, we say we want to produce something. It means we want to create it. And it could be in the, a film or, or just something we create or bring into being. We produce something. But when we go to the grocery, we like to see produce. Same spelling, we produce it or it's produce, depending upon our spelling. We're actually in the growing season right now. Farmers in the heartland are planting corn and soybeans. And did you know, actually in Illinois, farmland totals 27 million acres or 75% of the state. That seems a little weird as we're in downtown Chicago, surrounded by huge buildings, but mostly corn, soybeans, soybeans and swine. And I'm pretty sure swine's actually not a plant, but they're all across the state. This, this is our reality all across the country. Backyard gardeners maybe right now are planting their favorite types of peppers or squash or tomatoes. And soon farmers markets may even start to offer some of that and with social distancing practices in place. But here's the deal. I'm not a farm expert, right? I love to hear Pastor Lutzer stories about farms. Uh, I have none of those. I lived on farm lane on Long Island outside of New York City because it once was a farm and then it was paved over to create Levittown. So I don't know much about farms other than having lived on a street. But here's what I know. What you plant in the ground is going to determine what comes out of the ground. Don't want you to miss this, right? It takes effort and knowledge to plant a field that will produce the kind of produce we want. Let me say it again. It takes effort and knowledge to plant the kind of field that will produce the kind of produce we want. Last week's passage looked specifically at the destruction that can be created with an undisciplined tongue. Wonderful message. I want you to go and listen to it. In our passage today, James is talking about wisdom, two kinds actually, which is what makes this important. The fruit of ungodliness is wisdom uh, produced by the world. The godly wisdom will be harvested and when its source is heavenly in nature, right? You produce what you plant, and if you want to produce the right produce, you have to make the right decisions to plant the right seeds. So the question before us is really twofold. First, what kind of wisdom do we seek? And second, what are you planting in your life? Because what you plant is vital to what you will produce. And let me just say this as an overarching theme. Wisdom comes from God. And as we grow to know him, we become more like him. Say it again. Wisdom comes from God. In fact, if you're a note taker, jot this down. Maybe type it on your computer screen or write it down on a notebook next to you. Wisdom comes from God. And as we grow to know him, we become more like him. Let's take a look at a couple of things that will help us, right? So first, number one in our outline is the framing question. Remember, the title of the message is wisdom. You produce the kind you grow. Remember, we're going to want to produce a crop. You want the right kind of produce. You need to make sure that you are sowing rightly. But look at that. It's actually specifically mentioned later in the passage. But it begins with a framing question. It's a simple question, right? Here it is. Who is wise? Fair question, right? We want to know who is wise. How maybe could we get that wisdom in our own lives? Look at James chapter 4, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Wise and understanding, right? Often connected in the Old Testament. We'll talk about that in a minute. Actually, this is the only time in the New Testament used together wisdom and understanding. By his good conduct, he or she, let him or her show the works in the meekness of wisdom. Now, remember, throughout the book of James, works is something that flows out of our new life in Christ. It's a consistent and recurring theme. So James likes to ask rhetorical questions, right? Who is wise? And might have, again, we saw Jesus doing the same thing. Maybe he learned that from his half-brother, Jesus. 
but he wants to help people to consider what it might mean to have wisdom. So what is wisdom? Sometimes people might think that means intelligence. It actually doesn't. There are very smart people who lack wisdom. Sometimes people think it means knowledge, and it doesn't. Sometimes very knowledgeable people lack wisdom. Sometimes people think it means biblical knowledge. Can I tell you? I've seen some very knowledgeable people about the Bible act in ways that are remarkably unwise. So let's just look at a definition that might help us. Wisdom is the ability to discern or judge what is true, right, or lasting. It's insight. It's some sense that we know not just the knowledge, but we have insight into it. We know what's true, right, or lasting. We have a sense that we understand something of significance and importance. So it's not just that I can name obscure Bible characters. I know the Amalekites and the Jebusites and the Mosquito Bites. It's that I actually have been shaped by the Word of God, by the Spirit of God, in such a way that causes me to look more like Christ. Remember, wisdom comes from God, and as we grow to know Him, we become more like Him. Now, let's take a look at a couple of passages that may help us to take these things to light, to learn more on these truths, right? Because we don't find the words wisdom and understanding a lot together in the New Testament. But James, in some ways, is the book of Proverbs for the New Testament. So we might expect to see some there, and we do. 1 Kings 4.19, it says, God gave Solomon wisdom. God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure. Right? So God gives to Solomon this great measure of wisdom. In Proverbs 4.7, it says, the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, and whatever you get, get insight. And the, this is the ESV, which we use here at Moody Church. Um, the Bible translation I generally use at home is the CSB or the HCSB. And it says understanding in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. Again, wisdom and understanding are themes that we see over and over again and are necessary for us as followers of Jesus. Now remember, wisdom comes from God, and as we grow to know him, we become more like him. So here we find James referring to the person who, having been changed by the power of the gospel, James is written to Christians that they shouldn't just rely upon the worldly sense of wisdom, but something happens in our lives, indwelt by the Holy Spirit, born again by the power of God. Now, here's the reality. Let's just be honest. Wisdom does not seem to be in high supply or in great priority these days. And I'm not just talking about the COVID-19 crisis and the response to it, though we might look at social media and maybe shake our heads at some of the lack of wisdom that we see there, right? The speed at which we people will adopt a conspiracy theory, overreact to something and can show a lack of wisdom, a lack of maturity, not a bumper crop of that wisdom and maturity. But wisdom's not head knowledge, but it's demonstrated how we live, uh, how we live our lives. One of the ways we demonstrate it here is by meekness as some versions translate it, meekness, humility, some versions say. Humility is the path to wisdom because you cannot be wise without acknowledging you need the Lord's help to be wise. Let me tell you this, we're going to need wisdom throughout the people of Moody Church as we transition to a new pastor. In the month of June, I'm going to actually walk through, Bill Birch and I'll walk through a series on preparing for the new pastors to come. But let me just tell you, this is one of those places where we might remind ourselves that wisdom will be needed. I'll talk more about that later. But a reminder, wisdom comes from God. And as we grow to know him, we become more like him. So number one was the framing question, who is wise? But let's not stop just there, right? Number one, the framing question, who is wise? Number two, the children of earthly wisdom. 
the children of earthly wisdom. And let me just take just a second to point out to you the, the quotes. I need to work with you for just a moment and for us to kind of have a mutual understanding of the quotes I'm using in this context. If you have not yet begun to use the air quote, it is the most amazing way to communicate. Let me explain what the air quote can do for you. You might, for example, I, I have one daughter who might or might not be particularly messy. And I might or might not say that, say to her she should go clean her room. And she might or might not have not done that. And I might or might not have just two days ago walk into her room and say, oh yeah, this is a clean room. That's the use of air quotes. Air quotes are an opportunity for you to point out the ironic or the opposite nature of the true meaning of the word. So right now you might turn to somebody and who you're watching this with, maybe you're watching with friends or family, uh, turn to somebody and say, this is going to be a good sermon. I'm just kidding. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, the air quotes, the quotes here are going to help us because James actually talks about this kind of wisdom and it's an earthly wisdom. So it's not a heavenly wisdom. It's not a godly wisdom. It's not a wisdom that comes from the Lord. Let's take a look at James chapter 3 verses 14 through 16. It says this, but if, but, don't miss that, but, right? So here you got, it starts there. Who's wise understanding? You'll show that by your deeds and by your meekness. But if you have, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. It goes on to say, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. So don't miss this again. Let's go back one verse for just a second. It says this, for where jealousy, if you have bitter jealousy, selfish ambition, do not boast in false truth. This is not the wisdom that comes from above. So in other words, there's a different kind of wisdom or to equip ourselves with air quotes, there's a wisdom that doesn't come from above. That's a false wisdom. So again, the children of earthly wisdom here are described very clearly. And we see that. We see that in, here's the, here's the thing, it's so easy to preach about people that are not us. Can I tell you, Hollywood is filled with things that lack wisdom. Can I tell you, Springfield, our state capital, and D.C. are filled with things that lack wisdom. Can I tell you that modern academia can be filled with things that lack wisdom. But you know what? James didn't write to any of them. He wrote to followers of Jesus. And when writing to followers of Jesus, this wisdom comes from somewhere. Some parents, right, on Mother's Day, maybe some kind of parents have passed this on. So who are the parents? It actually says. Who are the parents? It's earthly, unspiritual, even demonic. So there's a wisdom, right? There's a wisdom that comes from ungodly parents, if you will, that are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. And I want you not to miss this because the follower of Jesus has to be wise enough to know that sometimes things that we might even agree with when communicated wrongly reflect parents that are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic based upon how we say it and based upon how our hearts are impacted or, if I might say, darkened 
as we do say it. So again, demonic is this umbrella idea, like they're dif different directly satanic, but also more broadly the human opposition to God. So there are some parents here, and those parents of earthly wisdom are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. But they're also the children that come from this as well, right? Let's take a look at that as well, right? So the children are right from the passage, right? Right, the words in the passage, jealousy, selfless ambition, disorder, vile practices, right? Don't miss those. Jealousy, selfish ambition, disorder, vile practices. These are the, the children of this earthly wisdom. So what does it mean? Well, uh, jealousy actually can mean zeal in a good self, but here in a good sense, here it's obviously intended to get to the point. It's literally bitter jealousy, uh, selfish ambition, right? I'd like things to be the way I want them for my selfish desires, well, that's always one of the realities that we walk through, right, isn't it? Matter of fact, it's one of the realities we walk through in churches during times of change. So as we bring on a new pastor, and can I just say, thank, so thankful that now we're hearing from him uh, as well on Sunday mornings through our worst gathered worship. What a great, what a great video this morning. So thankful, Pastor Philip and his family praying for, for them. But you know, here's the reality. Um, he's gonna be different than Pastor Lutzer, which might be hard for you, He's going to be different than Pastor Stetzer, which might be easy for you. But the reality is, is that with that change, we have to then reset our hearts. Well, I'd like it to be this way. Well, I kind of thought he'd do this. And so even here, very biblically knowledgeable people can be driven by their preferences and their selfish ambition that actually causes them to have earthly wisdom rather than godly wisdom. Disorder, right? Vile practices. These are the opposites of the humility that actually James talked about in the previous verse, right? So James is saying to us that, that this earthly wisdom produces things like jealousy, selfish ambition. It produces things like disorder and vile practices, right? And I want you not to miss this. This is so key. Um, we don't drift into godliness. And I want you to hear this too. You can memorize the Bible front and back. You can have the Bible filling your head and still not have it changing your heart. You say, Ed, how can you say such a thing? If I memorized the Bible, would I not? No, anyone can memorize the Bible. But without, I shouldn't even say that, I can't memorize the Bible, but anyone can memorize parts of the Bible. But having memorized parts of the Bible, those don't necessarily transform us. There's that 18 inches between our head and our heart. And that wisdom means we're transformed from the inside out. Matter of fact, it says every vile practice. I want you not to miss this. Every vile practice. There's no limit to the practices of evil in a life that's marked by earthly wisdom. Remember, James is writing this to Christians. And so the reminder to us is, and some of you have seen this, you have been deeply hurt by somebody who knew a lot of the Bible, but didn't know a lot of what it meant to walk in wisdom. And I'm sorry, because I'm pretty sure at some time I've been that person to people. But the reality for all of us is we've got to say, if James is writing this to Christians and warning us about earthly wisdom, how might we respond is to find the right kind of wisdom, is to respond to that kind of wisdom, the kind of wisdom that honors and glorify the Lord's. Keep in mind, you can have a lot of Bible knowledge and a little wisdom. Matter of fact, actually, it's a huge and ongoing problem. I'm convinced because as Christians have acted poorly or unwisely, 
filling up social media with things that don't necessarily glorify the Lord. Anger. Well, I got a right to express my anger. And, 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 but here the passage reminds us, what, what, what does it look like? Earthly wisdom? It's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. Earthly wisdom has children that are filled with jealousy, selfish ambition, disorder, and vile practices. And God calls us to a better way. Let me just say this. We have a lot of people at Moody Church who are knowledgeable and very wise. I could name names. What a fascinating journey it's been to, as I'm kind of wrapping up my time as your interim teaching pastor, I've met some of the most wise, biblically knowledgeable and godly women and men that I've ever met in my whole life. Moody Church is just a beautiful, unique expression. And there's biblical knowledge coupled with wisdom in hundreds upon hundreds of people. We also have people who lack knowledge and lack wisdom, and that's okay, you'd expect that. We're new in the Lord, we're growing, we might lack biblical knowledge and we lack wisdom. That's normal. However, there's also a category in any church like Moody Church where you have knowledge, maybe even lots of biblical knowledge, but you lack wisdom. And can I tell you, it's those people that are perhaps the most dangerous. Those are the kind of people that James is writing to here, and maybe right now that's you. If you're even upset that I mentioned this, that could indeed be you. I don't, I don't know. It's sometimes me, because I'm still growing, and I'm still learning, and I've failed lots of times, and I struggle, and, and, and in the midst of that, I want, I want to say to the Lord, wisdom comes from Him. Wisdom comes from God, and as we grow to know Him, we become more like Him. Here's the challenge. There are too many well-informed religious people who speak harshly and act brashly, convinced it's their right to tell everyone what they think, and they're dangerous to others and to the church. Now, don't misunderstand. Disagreeing with me or, or a pastor or Pastor Philip, that's not the same thing as disagreeing with God. But acting without wisdom and yet still be filled with knowledge is the exact kind of reality that James, writing to Christians, speaks about. So first, we talked about the call, the question, right? The framing question, who is wise? Second, we looked at the children of earthly wisdom. We are not done with the air quotes, because I know what you're thinking. Please, more air quotes. Let's take a look. Let's talk about the, the children of heavenly wisdom, because this kind of wisdom comes from our Father, and so I'm framing it in the terms of the children of heavenly wisdom. Let's take a look at James chapter 3, verse 17. It says this, but the wisdom from above, right? That's the heavenly wisdom. Above is not some generic place in heaven. It's talking about God. The wisdom that comes from God above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, good fruits, impartial and sincere. I see those things. I want those things in my life. I need more of those things in my life. I need, I need the children of heavenly wisdom more evident in my life. These, these characteristics and these fruits. And notice the origin is in heaven. The origin is in heaven, right? So it's, don't miss these things, right? Does this describe you? Does it describe me? Pure, that purity. Let me walk through these. Pure, it said, I choose to do what's right and, and I'm not going to be double-minded. Uh, peaceable, I choose to live with people, deferring to them. It's not always about me and what I want in life or in church, since I already made that application. But in fact, the fruit of divine wisdom, this peaceability, is the opposite of the fruits of the world, of the children of earthly wisdom. Gentle. Think about gentleness. 
Lord, help me to grow in this place and space. Proverbs 51 reminding us a gentle answer turns away wrath. What about open to reason? Can I tell you, I've got to grow in this. We've all got to grow in this. But I have found convinced, knowledgeable Christians to be sometimes the people who are least open to reason. Say, but, but if we did this, this could happen. And No, I've already decided and this is done. Where does that come from? Not from heavenly wisdom. There's an openness to reason. There's full of mercy and good fruits. There's impartial and sincere. So how do we grow in those things? Uh, it's partly tied into just growing as a believer. Wisdom comes from God, heavenly wisdom. And we grow to know him, we become more like him. Now, that's what we need as followers of Jesus. That's what James is calling us to as followers of Jesus. But, but I don't want you to miss the last part of this. You remember I said that I talked about planting and talked about produce and how we produce the produce that we plant. Well, I didn't just think that was a pithy way of saying it. Let's, let's look at the four points here again. The framing question, who is wise? The children of earthly wisdom, which isn't really wisdom, it's ungodliness. The children of heavenly wisdom comes from knowing and being changed by God. And then the crop of righteousness, right? The crop of righteousness. Let's not miss the crop of righteousness. Let's look at it. It's James chapter three, verse 18. And a harvest, a crop of righteousness is sown in peace. Well, James just kind of slipped that in there. We were doing fine. It could just be a harvest of righteousness, but it's sown in peace by those who make peace. Wise, peacemaking, peace-orienting, peace-oriented individuals who have sown a seed of peace are reaping a crop, a harvest of righteousness. Now, throughout this whole passage, remember, the vast majority of this passage is talking about our words, what we say. Let's not take this passage and rip it out of context. That's one of the reasons we love to work and walk verse by verse through a book of the Bible like we've been doing, James. That's why I encourage you to go to moodychurch.org and listen to the prior messages, walk through the book of James with us. But the end result is, in this context, our words and our wisdom, when sown in peace by those who make peace, produces a harvest of righteousness. Now there's alternatives to this, right? But there's, there's people who sow discord. And that always will happen. There's never a church that's free of people who sow discord because you and I are part of it and we're imperfect and we make mistakes and sometimes we say and do things we shouldn't. But there will be people who sow discord. There'll be people who sow division and there'll be people who sow peace. And the people who sow peace will produce a harvest of righteousness because God uses a united church for his glory and for his purposes. And we'll see as we come up on a pastoral transition, pastoral transitions are always hard, particularly when you have a beloved pastor who served for almost four decades. So that transition will come and some will seek to sow discord and some will seek to sow division. And I believe that some of you, those who are both biblically knowledgeable and wise, will instead go to them and sow peace. And in sowing peace by those who make peace, there'll be a harvest of righteousness. And God will use this united Moody Church in ways that are exceeding and abundantly beyond all we might have asked or dreamed.
Wisdom comes from God and we grow to know him. And when we do, we become like him. The fruit harvested from wisdom is pure, peaceable, gentle, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. It's a harvest of righteousness. And, but we have to remember from where the source comes. That source comes from God. And as James writes these things, remember James is the half-brother of Jesus. And as James writes these things, he knows exactly to whom he would go, exactly where he would find the personification of wisdom. And that is in his half-brother, Jesus Christ. And 2,000 years later, so can we find the personification. Remember, wisdom comes from God as we grow to know him we become more like him. So what's the answer to have a greater sense of wisdom? Well, if you're not a follower of Jesus, the answer for you is, is to meet he who is the source of all wisdom. His name is Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Christ who said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I want to invite you today, if you don't know him, to receive him by grace and through faith, to receive the new and everlasting life he has given you, to trust him as Savior and Lord, knowing that wisdom comes from God. And as we grow to know him, we become more like him. I want you to know Christ and become more like Christ. Maybe you're in the category that I mentioned earlier and you were maybe frustrated with even some of my comments. And I get that. I'm imperfect and the imperfect messenger for these messages, but James is so clear. Here's the deal. If you're a person who's deeply knowledgeable about the Bible and easily angered and sowing division and discord, I want to ask you to call out upon the Lord and ask for forgiveness for that. And then ask for him to change you so that you're not experiencing er earthly wisdom, but instead you're experiencing the children of heavenly wisdom lived out in your life. The children of heavenly wisdom, like pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, and good fruits, impartial and sincere. If that's not you now, could you call upon Jesus and ask his grace and strength to make that change in your life? That's what I'm asking of the Lord in my life to help me to grow. In closing, wisdom comes from God. As we grow to know him, we become more like him. Let's call out together that he might indeed show us Christ. Would you pray with me? Father, we come before you today and we acknowledge, I acknowledge, and I think I speak for every person on this live stream anywhere around the world who's a follower of Jesus. We acknowledge that we need greater wisdom. We need greater wisdom, wisdom that comes from God. And we know that as we grow to know you, Lord, we become more like you. Make us more like you. Make us more like Christ. If you're not a follower of Jesus today, let me just talk to you for just one second. I don't want you to rush away, rush away from this live stream. But if you're not a follower of Jesus or upon hearing this, you're saying, I'm not sure that I am one of the faith. I want to just invite you to pray this prayer. If it's a prayer of your heart to pray with me and to say, just say to the Lord, just right where you are. If you're with others, you can do it silently. You can do it out loud and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Just make it your prayer. Lord Jesus, I receive the new and everlasting life you have for me. Lord Jesus, I receive you as my savior and my Lord. I trust you, Jesus. I follow you, Lord Jesus. Father, I just prayed for women and men, young people who just prayed that prayer that you would indeed work in their hearts so they can begin to see that change. That as they get to know him, they become more like him. As they get to know you, they become more like you. If you just prayed that prayer with me, don't leave without 
kind of sharing that with some of our team. You put a note in the comments, give us your information, reach out to the contact card at moodychurch.org. We want to follow up and share with you and help you to grow. Just one more thing. If you're a follower of Jesus and these words led to some frustration and perhaps even now some conviction in your heart, maybe just take this moment and bring that before the Lord, maybe with me, because that's what I'm going to do. Let's pray together. Lord, help me to grow in wisdom. Help my words to always be wise, to be more wise than they have been in the past months and years, and to be more wise a year from now than they are now. Father, I pray that we pray, Lord, together, that you wouldn't just make us a people who know the Bible, because at Moody Church, we know the Bible, but that we know the grace and mercy of the Savior, and that wisdom would mark our lives, and we would indeed sow to that wisdom so we might receive a harvest of righteousness. And Father, I pray that you remind us again and again to show us Jesus so that then and there we might say we want to be more like him and we might grow in wisdom and maturity. For it's in Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake that we pray. Amen and amen.